Good day and welcome to episode 9 of the Fellowcast. And uh, with me today, I have Belinda Hu. She's the principal of the Fellowship College. And uh, yeah, she's just an am- amazing person. And, and for those of you who know Belinda quite well, um, you would know that she always looks very elegant. And I, I can confirm if you, you're not seeing her right now, but she looks very much the same again today. Hello, Belinda. How are you doing? Hi. Yeah. <laughs> this elegant story. I'm very short. You can't be elegant if you're short. Of course you can. <laughs> of course you can. In Afrikaans, we say, Jy kan a ring trek. I don't know if that's an English saying. You can, you can pull them through a ring. That okay. means you're very neat and you, you always look very nice. <laughs> how, what's your secret? How do you do it? Um, well, I don't think I have a secret. By the end of most days, I feel <laughs> as though I've been pulled through a bush backwards and sucked dry a few times over. <laughs> um, but I'm sort of a bit of a good girl scout in okay. the sense of be prepared. So when I um, get up in the morning, I dress for whatever eventuality the day brings. Okay. And often it can bring some unexpected eventualities. <laughs> I, I can I can believe you with that. I, I think it was my grandma that always said, you never wear underwear with holes in them. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> just in case. You might be in an accident and they have to cut your shorts off or something. <laughs> That's it. I would I would get on well with your grandmother. <laughs> Sounds good to me. So, so tell us a bit about Belinda. I mean, you obviously love children being the principal of a school for, for many years now. But, but what else do you love? Um, it's going to sound, I suppose, cliched, but I love Jesus. Um, probably from my earliest memories, he's been the anchor in my life, the most important part, my go-to place. I can't really remember anything before God being part of my life. Sure. So that's that's always been my driving passion. And I love my family. I have three gorgeous sons um, and a beautiful daughter-in-law yeah. and a wonderful husband. And yeah, I really, really enjoy um, time with them. We're, we're all busy, so we don't often get that kind of time together. But yeah. I love having them at home. I love cooking for them. Um, and then on the odd occasion, I enjoy having time to read okay but that doesn't happen often (laughs) you get to read a lot of uh, tests and those kinds of things yes but reading uh, your the books that you enjoy I don't get much time for that but I really do enjoy that's that's my um, holiday treat that and not having to shop (laughs) (laughs) well that's that's uh, quite rare for for females not liking shopping no I don't um, and besides, you know, always always being prepared for the occasion, so to speak, what would you say is your philosophy for life? Um, We're going deep now. Okay, I'll start superficial though, because my <laughs> children would love to answer that for me. Both my children in school and my children at home, okay. because I have lots of philosophies <laughs> that I quote quite often. And um, I suppose on a very superficial level, I would say that... Um, I think I've taught on and off the better part of 30 years, and I've never taken a day off sick. Wow. So um, one of my things is that there is nothing so bad that a panado and a hair wash can't um, (laughs) cure it. (laughs) And my own boys um, get very tired of me saying that if you make a commitment, you see it through. Yes. Um, But I suppose in the end, my philosophy would be that if you're so busy looking at what others need you don't really ever have much time to feel sorry for yourself sure so um yeah i tend to be quite outward focused and so i don't really um have time to 
feel sorry for myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a very uh, Jesus-like statement, you know. When I when I just listen to that, that's serving people. And I think with being a yeah. teacher for the better part of thirty years, like you've said, you, I think you you learn a lot about serving, and I'm sure. Um, those around you can see that. I can see that um, mm. from the little bit that I've got to know you. Well, it, I think it brings as much um, joy to me, mm. maybe more, than it does to anybody else. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that sort of outward focus, I do say to the children quite often as well, that life is unfair, yeah. but God stays in control. And I think if you sort of hold on to that, you can ride out yeah. anything really. Yeah, that's very true. So how did how did the fellowship college start? How did this uh, the school start up? College yeah. start up, and and what's the vision for for the college? It started fourteen years ago now with really a group of us in the church who it was sort of the height of outcomes based education. We okay. were all worried about the fact that our children didn't seem to be learning much, or those who were in education at the time that they didn't seem to be teaching much. Yeah. And so we had considered homeschooling our children, but we were all teachers with different skills. So yeah. we thought we'd combine. And when we suggested that to the education department, they suggested that we start a school rather and meet in a common venue. Okay. Um, and so it started more by our accident than design. I presume God had a bigger design behind it. Of course it. he did. But um, that definitely wasn't, the intention was never to start a school. Yes. But um, yeah, it started and it really has just continued to go from strength to strength. To go and, and grow, yeah. In terms of a vision, our vision statement actually comes directly from Isaiah 61. Um, so our vision really is to preach good news, um, to set captives free, um, to bind up the brokenhearted, mm. I suppose, um, in a nutshell. Yeah. And that's what we've been about for the last 14 years. I think if I, when I talk to my staff, I always say to them, salvation is not our business, that's the Holy Spirit's. Mm. Um, but if one child leaves here not having experienced the love of God firsthand, then we haven't done our job. So, um, yeah, so I think that probably in a nutshell yeah. is what we aim to do. Okay, fantastic. And, and I think we're going to get to that in, in a little bit. It's one of the questions I want to ask you about just the success stories of, of what mm -hmm. you've seen. Um, but obviously you've mentioned now it, it is a Christian, a cr it's based in, in the Bible, in, in Christianity, yes, um, in Jesus Christ. That's, that's how y what you base the, the school curriculum on. Um, maybe, maybe if you don't mind giving us some more detail about the school, you know, how many children do you have, uh, teachers, um, and, and the curriculum that you follow? We have around 75 children from grade one to grade 12, which is about the maximum that we can cope with given the space yes. constraints. Um, and I have 11, f 12 full-time staff members. Um, three part-time staff members and about four facilitators who okay. facilitate individual children who need that kind of assistance. Okay. So it's quite a big staff for a small number mm. of students. Um, we use Accelerated Christian Education's program um, just because it works really well for individual attention and a lot of the children 
thrive on that. Mm. So it works well for that. Um, and also because it has a strong, obviously, Christian base. Yeah. 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 And and tell us some of those success stories. You said that if, if people, if, if children leave here not encountering the love of God through you as teachers mm. and just what the school has to offer, uh, it would be counted as, as a failure in many ways. Yes. And, and I'm sure that hardly ever happens but but maybe share some of those success stories of of how our lives have been impacted yeah. there are uh, probably too many to share individually course, but i'll yeah. group it um uh, we've had a number of children over the years who've who've really come because they would have probably dropped out in other systems mm. um and just the level of individual attention maybe some of the pressure off has enabled them to finish school yeah. so that, that that would be a practical success um we've had many who've come to know jesus during the time that they've been here either very purposefully or because they've been invited to nightlife or been invited into the life of um the church mm. um we've had also a lot of others who've come because they are anxious in other systems or um yeah or they have some remedial needs yeah. and although we're not really qualified to deal with those uh, somehow um it's just been the right environment yeah. to, to do that we've seen many children grow into confidence grow into relationships with god grow into their potential yeah and um yeah so it's it's been very exciting uh, i'm i Personally, I've I've attended one or two of your celebration evenings, and okay. I'm I've always just been stunned yeah. at the amount of um, the praise that you are able to give kids, every single kid individually. That that there's something that you have to say about every single one of them. This year, what the 75 children I think you mentioned. Uh, I think I listened to your husband Andrew say that it, I think it takes you two hours to prepare per child. Yeah. Um, how do you do it and, and why do you do that? Okay. I'll start the why first yeah. because I believe passionately in the power of the word, yeah. um, of the spoken word. Um, so it is very, very, very important mm. for me to speak life mm. into children. So we start the year as a staff, some more intentionally than others, but really we do as a group, praying for what god wants to reveal to us in that child in the year and wow. i keep notes through the year as i see little things and then i take the fourth term yeah every evening really once i'm finished my other work yeah. for two or three hours um and i work through it and and i really sit before god for each child to say what do you want to say yeah, wow. about them what do you want to acknowledge in them recognize in them speak into being in them how do you want to us to bless them mm. um and yeah so it's become an incredibly important part of the year for us and i do believe there's a prophetic element yeah, to it absolutely. and that even if we don't see it in our lifetimes many of those will be will walk mm. in the words that were spoken yeah and i'm a firm believer of of the power of words yeah. i think if you do the what love languages test you would probably find that a lot of kids are uh, being f affirmed yes. through words yeah. words of affirmation and it's just beautiful to have a, a platform where kids can can actually hear what people think about them and uh, what God yes. thinks about them, mm. um, and and have something to hold on to a promise and and getting that every year that you are here is just mm. I think 
see, uh, listening to you keeping notes, I think if you had to take that file out by yes. the end of five or six years yeah. or whatever it may be, I think we would be surprised. At, at yes, at I do sometimes look back mm. when I do their valedictories and it's fascinating to see how much has shifted yeah. um, in that time. Yeah. Like God is imagine. good. Yeah, praise God, that's amazing. So, so what would you say is your dream for the college? If, if what, what do you want to see in your lifetime here? It's interesting because people often ask me that um, and often ask me that purposefully because they want to know about size. Mm. We always have a waiting list, so do, do I envision something a lot bigger? And I don't. Mm. Um, that's really not part of the vision because this is the optimum number to work in the way that we do yeah. work. If I had unlimited resources, really my vision would be to incorporate the school as so in as part of something much bigger, mm. as part of a, a teen center for Malkvos where there would be, um, yeah, places for them to go, um, counseling that is very specifically towards teenagers, courses that would run very specifically for them. Um, I'd uh, like, and maybe that is more of a possibility than other things, a skill center for, mm. for children who maybe are not so academically orientated. Um, just a safe space for children mm. um, in Melkbos. So, so I'd like to see the school ultimately as part of that, um, but it would that would have to be a god thing yeah. because it would need a lot of resources from a school point of view. Very, uh, I don't envisage that changing terribly much in my lifetime. Yeah. Maybe when someone else takes over from me, the uh, the. Um, it will change shape, mm. um, and that will be good and in God's time. Yeah. But for now, the way the school functions, uh, probably to stay very similar okay. to the way it is. So what what do they say? Quality rather than quantity. Yes. It's, it's, it, we, we work very closely with children. That's not really possible. I know every child, every set of parents. It's not possible if I'm working with hundreds yeah. of children. Yeah. Um, someone will fall through the cracks. Yeah. I mean, I think even the the best of leaders, there's a there's a stat or something that says that I think you you're able to really intimately know about 50 people more yes. or less, and and you're already shooting about above yes. that, but effectively so. And I think I've got a good staff. Yeah, great staff, <laughs> and and God who's faithful yeah. to 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 keep the the pot cooking, so mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, yeah, that that really is amazing. And I think if you if you speak about dreams. I, I believe that it always has to be something that we ca cannot attain by ourselves. Yes. And then you just mentioned it there. It really yeah. would have to be God yeah. if these things had to fall, fall into place. And I, it would be very exciting to see that happen in your lifetime. Yes. I'll be praying for you to see <laughs> that happen. Uh, it gets me excited. What, what is the greatest challenge that you face on a daily basis, knowing that you may have 75 challenges? <laughs> yes. um, maybe parents, if they ever listen, should switch off at this point. Yeah. Because uh, my greatest challenge really is to protect children from overprotective parents. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. because I, th I think with the very best of intentions and because life is fast yeah. and difficult often for parents, um, the tendency, especially with moms and boys, is to overprotect mm. and to save them. And 
yeah, I don't think it does um, them any favors. Mm. I have very few challenges with children. Most of them I can walk through very easily. Yeah. But sometimes I can see an end that parents haven't quite got to. And um, it's frustrating mm. sometimes not to be able to fix yeah. um, when I know it is fixable. Mm. So, yeah. How do you navigate that, that role between uh, being the teacher you know, uh, that they look up to and, 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 and not taking over from the parents? I think they say that kids at a small age, at a certain stage, they relate better to their teacher. Everything yeah. the teacher says is yes and amen, and, and the parents kind of take the back seat. How do you as a high school, I know there's, there's younger kids as mm. well, teacher, navigate that kind of field? A another one of my philosophies is that children come into my hands and I keep my hands open. Mm. So they're not, they're not mine. Um, they're lent to me for a while, and sometimes I spend more hours with them th in a day than their parents do. Yeah. But in the end, responsibility belongs with their parents. Yeah. And I can advise, and I can pray, and I can pull my hair out, <laughs> but in the end, the responsibility rests with Some the parents. Yeah. And they're going to have to find their own way, I suppose. Mm. And sometimes it will be to the child's detriment, but we all go there. Yeah. Um, and children are more resilient than we think. Yeah. So um, they do manage to muddle they through. They survive. They do. Which <laughs> leads me to, to the next question, which is, I mean, you get to see so much of what kids face, what mm. young people face today. In your opinion, what would be the, the, the greatest challenge that our youth face in, in the age that we live mm -hmm. in? If I could take something away from young people and mm. give them something in return, mm. I'd take away a sense of entitlement mm. and I'd give them, it's a very popular word at the moment, but I like it, is the word grit. Um, that ability to have backbone, to have what, what do the Afrikaans people say? To just be able to push through mm. that, that um, you can learn anything in 2018 you don't need to store a lot of knowledge in your head mm. but you need character yeah. you need backbone you need strength to be able to survive and yeah. that's really what i would want to give children okay um if i got one more minute yeah the, the, the um the levels of anxiety in young people have increased dramatically mm. in the last um two or three years, more than I've ever seen in 30 years. And I'm not the only one. I sometimes think because we're in a small environment, I see it more than others. Mm. But it's not. Big schools, uh, your southern suburbs school principals will tell you that one or two suicides per year amongst grade eights is now the norm. Oh, um, so it's sort of epidemic proportions. Mm. Um, so we've got to fight in some way, and, and children need to have that grit mm. that strength built into them mm. and a strength sometimes well often in something that's beyond themselves mm. um, in order to be able to survive mm. um, and to be able to achieve and to be able to fulfill all that extraordinary potential yeah sure mm. yeah I, th I can completely agree with you because the, the life throws so much at kids nowadays yes. uh, and and the I don't remember who said it but a guy said once that 
in in amongst all the options that young people have today choosing jesus is such a such a great decision not that it's ever greater than another time in history but it yeah. seems like choosing jesus yeah. now may kind of be a bit more momentous than what it would have been 30 yes. years ago with with less options of social mm. media and all the things that happen and and statistically divorce rates and and single parents yeah. and those kinds of things I, I think it often adds to the the mixture of the anxiety that, yes. that children face ha having to pick up burdens that are not theirs growing up quicker than what they yeah. what they should be being um, not just being able to be kids yeah. and and not stress about everything yeah. it's a difficult time to mm. be a teenager yeah. um, and it really is time for parents for dads to rise up yeah. and to be mothers and fathers yeah. and not friends and and saviors yeah. um, to their children yeah, yeah. sure what makes the Fellowship College different to other schools or other colleges? Probably the levels of intimacy, mm. uh, um, in the very best sense of that word, in that we get to know children really, really well. So we can tailor-make education mm. to each individual child's needs. Mm. Um, and we can meet needs that are more than educational. Um, because there's time. Mm. There are sufficient teachers and sufficient time to be able to take the time out to minister to someone when that's what they need mm. rather than just to be taught maths or science or English. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what uh, sets us apart. And it, it's very much a God design. Mm. Again, it wasn't anything that we intended, but it's... It's how God has put it together. Yeah. Um, it's the staff that he's brought together. I've never in 14 years advertised for a staff member. Oh. I've always had exactly the right person with the right skills at the right time coming. Um, because there are people who call to ministry. Mm. And um, so we're able to minister, mm. I suppose, sure. is the bottom line. Yeah, That's definitely a God thing where that happens when yes. your staff shows up without advertising. Yeah. And you said something there at the end which i cannot agree more with and i think most people that listen to will understand this that being a teacher is a calling yes. I, I mean i've had teachers that you know they're called and i've had teachers that mm. they just do it do the job, for yeah. the job and and they're not necessarily very happy in their job and and i believe that's what brings the change and that's mm. what gives you that love and heart for to go beyond just teaching them math to yes. be able to go to the back room and say, now yes. let's just calm down. You you mentioned yesterday yeah. to me that often you have to, to, to do those kinds of things with kids yeah. and, and be more personal and vulnerable with them. And that comes from a place of, of calling. Yes. And it is awesome to see it, it played out in this very building. Mm. And you've already... In in a in a way answered this question, but I'm giving you a second shot at it. Okay. Not that the first time wasn't good enough, but I'm gi I'm giving you another one. If if you could miraculously change any any one mindset or habit um, that the general general population of youth have today, which one would it be? Besides, you know, grit and, and backbone. Uh, if you could change any, I don't know if that makes sense. Yes, no, I suppose it does. I and I, maybe my answer will be slightly different, but maybe. If we could worship God as much as we worship social media. Wow. <laughs> um, and if children could see themselves as God sees them mm. rather than as Facebook sees them or Instagram or mm. anything else. Um, 
because yeah i think that is a big contributor to the levels of anxiety is that there's always this comparison with everything and everyone mm. else and that is really why things like the celebration evening become so important mm. to me is to begin to counteract and to say this is how god really sees you this mm. is who you are um how you are portrayed on Instagram um, is irrelevant, yeah. really, um, to the success and to the happiness and to the joy and to of your future. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, phones have become um, an obsession. Yeah. <laughs> do you allow Do you allow phones in school? Um, they're allowed to bring their phones to school. And to use them at break time, mm. but they're not allowed to be switched on in the building. Use them in the building. So they have to go out at break. Um, and yeah, mm. um, you know, my challenge often is make eye contact and talk to a real person for a change <laughs> um, yeah. instead of a screen. I'm glad I've kept yeah. eye contact <laughs> so long in this conversation. <laughs> and I'm, uh, when you said about backbone, I thought I maybe need to sit up a little bit more straight. Belinda, yeah, thank you so much. It really has been uh, a privilege to speak to you and just get to hear more about the Fellowship College and about you and, and what you do. And, and I I mean, for what it's worth, I want to thank you for what you contribute to this community and, and to this congregation. And, and, and I have the privilege of seeing some of these kids' lives just change over the years and being involved over the years with little devotionals and those kinds of things. I can honestly say that what you've spoken about is true and it does it does happen and and i only wish the fellowship college the best um i would definitely be praying for those dreams thank you and yeah i would i would like to sometime have you back again and maybe get some updates on on what what's been happening so thank you very much to those that have been listening that's been the the ninth episode of the fellow cast thank you for for listening and i trust that you've been blessed until next time bye bye